December 10th, 2015. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon. And tonight we present a discussion on the Valentinian Gnostic origins of the D and Kelly Enochian 38er system. Now, this ancient configuration indicates that John Dee had more to do with the actual construction than previously imagined. Apparently, the Aethers did not spring full-armed from the brow of Kelly like Athena from the brow of Zeus. Dee was the scholar and must have discovered the Valentinian model in research and thus directing Kelly's scrying. And this has been prompted, this has prompted us to add Valentinian angelic invocations to the Aethers, similar to the way the Shemeham Farash angels are used in Goetia. It acts as a spiritual safety on what is otherwise an entirely elemental process and it makes Enochian visions more spiritually and psychologically digestible. So if you want to experience sanctified Enochian, tune in and we will fire up the tablets. Now, the last time we did uh, a show on Enochian, uh, according to my my records, the last time we did this was back on uh, June 10th, I believe it was, June 10th um, and uh, 2010. And uh, and that was an introductory. We didn't cover this Valentinian connection at that time um, because, well, quite frankly, we didn't, we didn't realize it at that time. Um, and uh, so that uh, that's the last time we that, that I know of that we did a, a show on Enochian. And, uh, and so perhaps it's good that we're getting back to it now. Um, I have on uh, on our website um, the the, the, the uh, CHSOTA members website. I have a, a weekly column that I do uh, called Tidings from Rivendell, and um, this last uh, uh, last issue of the. Uh, Tidings from Rivendell, Volume 1, Number 4, November 30th, 2015, was titled OTA and Okean Workings, and we discussed this at that time. So I'm going to read you the column, uh, and this was posted on uh, on the CHSOTA main uh, website, and also uh, we sent it out to all the outposts, and so it's, it's uh, uh, so I'm going to read you that column, and we'll use that as the sort of the start for the uh, uh, the start of the show here, the basis of it. OTA and Okean Workings. The Order of the Temple of Astarte has been studying and practicing Enochian magic since 1971. We received a copy of Francis Rigardi's Book of the Concourse of Forces from Rigardi's protege, David Kennedy. Now, this work details the 30 Aether system created by Dee and Kelly in the early 1600s and elaborated by McGregor Mathers in the late 19th century. And this uh, Aether program was originally called Terrestrial Victory. 
And uh, its Kamea-type governors, angels, were assigned to various countries on the earth. Now, D, acting as a maverick James Bond, and he was the original 007, as you probably recall, uh, that using the 007 as his as his uh, his code signature when he communicated with Queen Elizabeth, and he tried to sell this uh, this terrestrial victory system uh, to the government of Poland, political magical engine, but the Poles were not buying. Now, the system is actually based on Valentinian Gnosticism's 30 ascending aeons. Now, these aeons, or dimensions, are arranged like the rings inside an onion, with the earth, Malkuth, if you, if you, if you want to think of it that way, at the center, or hub, of the concentric circles forming a sphere. Surrounding this spherical universe at the four corners are the watchtower tablets, acrostic grids that map the elemental structure of the great sphere of the concentric aethers, or AIs. Now, these watchtower tablets are lettered in a mysterious angelic language that was received by Edward Kelly and scribed by John Dee. Now, the language called Enochian is not mere glossolalia, speaking in tongues. It has a syntax and a grammar. It can be translated. And it has a remarkable effect on the human brain. It generates visions. In modern rectified Enochian, credit must be given to Aleister Crowley as the first magician to systematically explore and record his impressions of all the 30 aethers. Now, he published this record in a book called The Vision and the Voice, which, aside from an obvious Thelemic slant, is a very impressive work and should be studied by those who would follow this path. Now, you should not read Crowley's vision of the aether before you attempt yours, but afterwards so you can compare what you receive with with his impression. You will discover that the aethers and the angels that inhabit them are not always friendly, and your experiences may not always be pleasant. The aethers are a learning experience, and true to their hermetic roots, what you learn most about will be yourself. We have made some changes in the traditional opening by watchtower ceremony and in the interest of spiritual safety. Essentially, we have installed the four primary archangels, Raphael, Mikael, Gabriel, and Oriel, Uh, out of the uh, Raphael, Mikael, and Oreo to the formula. For example, at the uh, at the fire tablet, you trace a fire pentagram and flaming scarlet with a Leo sign in the center, and then you vibrate, Oh, we say, ah, but okay. 
and then Elohim, and say, by the power of the archangel Mikael, and the names and letters of the great southern quadrangle I invoke ye, ye angels of the watchtower of the south and of fire, be Now things proceed traditionally until we reach the particular elemental tablet connected to the aether we are visiting. At this point, we will briefly invoke the Valentinian angel of the Aeon, similar to invoking the Shemaham Farash angel before evoking a goetic spirit. We then roll out the king of the tablet, and then we trace the sigils of the governors with our wand, uh, the portal wand is appropriate, and we then finish opening the watchtowers and move to activate the tablet of union hanging over the altar. Following this, we take seats and scry on the orb while the operator and the and his assistant read the call of the 30 aethers in Enochian and in English, ending with a chant, and when we are all in trance, we close our physical eyes, project from our third eye into the orb, and begin our exploration of the aether. Note, you should have a sigil of emeth on the altar under the orb. Now, this should give you a fair idea of OTA and Okian workings. Um, so you can see this opening in our video, The Rites of Magic, which most of you already have, if you're members. And if you would like to do this work, you will need some equipment, tablets, and on the uh, and, uh, and an altar plate, a sigil of mammoth. An orb, now we use a 200 millimeter amethyst, but a black obsidian ball is nice and very deish. And in, uh, in parting, remember, there are no warm fuzzies in an Okean, so be careful. Now that was our tidings article. And, uh, and as I said, uh, then, then I, we had the uh, uh, previous... An uh, uh, program on July 10th, uh, 2010. And now, uh, what we're going to discuss tonight is this Valentinian connection, which we, uh, well, we weren't the ones to discover it. Um, the person who first brought it to uh, all of our attention was. Um, shuffling around all kinds of papers here, excuse me. The first, 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 the person who brought it to our attention originally was David Allen Hulse, the uh, the researcher, uh, magical researcher who uh, compiled the two-volume set called The Key of It All. And this is a Llewellyn publication, great big Two great big doorstopper volumes that every that every magician, especially if you're going to be an Enochian magician, you're, 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 these are these are two books you should have. And these, you know, this is like uh, one of these these uh, things that a magician really ought to have because uh, David Allen Hulse is what uh, they used to refer to in the old days as an encyclopedist. 
In other words, he loves to compile things. He loves to compile lists. He loves to compile tables. And he loves it. And he has done a Herculean job with this two-volume set. And the book one is the Eastern Mysteries, and book two is the Western Mystery. Now, in book two, um, David Holtz has uh, has his section on Nokian in the Western Mysteries, and um, and on page, let's see, sixteen. Uh, well, earlier than that, he starts the he starts the thirty aeons on page. Uh, on page 16 and and continues on over to page 18. And he says, and I'm going to read what he says here at the bottom, these 30 aeons are seen as a ladder of 30 rungs, which spans from the earth to the heavens. The top rung of this cosmic ladder is the first aeon, the source of it all, God while the bottom rung is the 30th aeon, the material world. And each rung of this ladder was an, uh, and each rung of this ladder was an angelic guardian whose name and nature had to be known in order to progress uh, to the next rung of the aeonic ladder. And it's an ascension. And the second aeonic model was a series of 30 concentric circles, each circle being one rung of the cosmic ladder. Ultimately, this Gnostic division of 30 categories became the basis for the Enochian system of magic of the Elizabethan magician John Dee. Now, as far as I know, this statement, that statement in in uh, David Allen Hulse's book, is the only place I have seen that stated. And and I have made a um, well, I won't call it a Herculean effort, but I've made a considerable effort to try to find another reference to uh, to these. Uh, and Kelly's uh, 30-acre system for terrestrial victory, uh, being uh, deriving from the Valentinian system, as Holtz says it does, and as I believe, and I believe Holtz is right, uh, and uh, but I can't find, well, find one, and it's it's kind of interesting, and I and, and I did find one reference here, uh, and, and yeah, I've been been through, yeah, been through Thorndike, I went all through Thorndike, and I couldn't find it. And uh, and you know and and uh, of course Crowley doesn't mention it and uh, but however here is in uh, John Dee's five books of mystery uh, edited and compiled and edited by uh, Joseph Peterson uh, we we know from the, uh, the the Goetia and of course uh, we we owe a lot of uh, recovered magical text to to to, to Joseph. He's, he's done a great job. Uh, and but in this in this collection of of uh, Dee's original work, which uh, um, Joseph Peterson has put together, on page thirty. On page thirty. It uh, says a synopsis of these mystical experiments from 1581 to 1583, and I'm going to, I'm going to read what what uh, Peterson has here. 
In his Mysteriorum Libri Quinque, Dee records prophetic visions, for example, the Spanish Armada, visions of angels, magical instruction, and religious teachings. A few of these key messages of the angels include flesh is vile and corrupt, and then in parentheses, Gnostic or Neoplatonic attitude. And then mercy for the repentant is necessary. Temptation of the faithful is necessary in order to show God's mercy. And then the imminent uh, coming of the Antichrist and the in the in the imminent fall of existing political and religious establishments as punishment for mankind's corruption to be replaced by new righteous ones. Now, first one, flesh is vile and corrupt. Gnostic or Neoplatonic attitudes. All right, now, uh, this is perhaps the key to, to the Valentinian um, the Valentinian uh, 30 uh, Aeon system. And the reason why I say that is this. Uh, You you should realize, I I think everybody everybody, uh, listening, or if not, most of us us realize that that John D. was fascinated, and and Peterson says later on here that, that he was fascinated, uh, in the next page, it says, D seems to have been, uh, had, had an almost obsessive fascination with the lost Apocrypha, especially the Book of Enoch, which is mentioned and even quoted in the Bible uh, uh, and, uh, and, and Esdras. And he, he is told by the angels that the Apocrypha were not lost, but in the keeping of it, they're still in the keeping of the Jews. Now, to some extent, that, that was true, but actually... The Book of Enoch, but that D wanted was wanted so hard to find, was was hidden away. The last the last copy that the uh, of, of, of the Book of Enoch that he wanted was hidden away in Ethiopia and didn't come out of Ethiopia until 1733. And uh, yeah, and so uh, but, but so D had to invent his own Book of Enoch, <laughs> and and. Uh, and and what he what he probably did uh, when when he's talking about these visions of religious teaching here, he probably got his ideas of what the Valentinian system from the church fathers Arrhenius and Hippolytus, both of which wrote on uh, on Valentinian Gnosticism, in an attempt to discredit it. And but D was was an omnivorous reader and and, and student and researcher, and uh, and obviously he's uh, in, and what he's referring to here is Gnostic and Neoplatonic attitudes. And it appears I deduce from this that D, going through Arrhenius and Hippolytus, and getting as much uh, out of out of the, uh, Gnosticism as he could gather from them. Which, frankly, is about all of uh, the, the, the most of the Valentinian uh, system that we have does derive from from the Church Fathers uh, trying to discredit it. And uh, but don't uh, I, I advise you not to try to 
go through Arrhenius. Arrhenius is as long-winded and as convoluted as Arthur Edward White. In fact, I think maybe Arthur Edward White uh, based his writing style on Arrhenius. <laughs> but Hippolytus is much more direct. And Hippolytus... Uh, Hippolytus actually kind of edited Arrhenius uh, uh, in, and uh, uh, and more recently, Kieran Berry, who wrote the Greek Kabbalah, actually got most of his Greek Kabbalah out of, out of reading Hippolytus' uh, um, uh, refutation of all heresies, and and uh, and we uh, in the OTA we. We reconstructed uh, uh, the Valentinian version of what I think eventually became the Watchtower tablets, and we reconstructed uh, Marcus the Valentinian's uh, version of these. And we have that in the seventh ray. Our, our our seventh ray, book three, the Green Ray. We have a reconstruction of what 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 we believe were the original um, the original celestial tablets. Or watchtower tablets of the universe, and uh, you can read that, and 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 I think you'll when you do you'll <laughs> when you understand the the idea of the aeons and 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 uh, the Valentinian system, uh, you will realize that D was doing the same thing that that Curran Berry did, and the same thing that we did. He was he was uh, he was extrapolating um, this cosmology from. Uh, from this, what he knew, what he was, what he was able to gather of the of the Valentinian system. Now, question that which should arise, and I remember I got a question just just a little bit before the the show. I got a question from one of our one of our members who said, "Well, what would you recommend to understand this this Valentinian uh, uh, um, idea? Well, what books would you recommend?" Well. Of course, David Hulse's view at all that that's that's one to get the to get the bare bones of the system there, and I think Kieran Berry's Great uh, uh, Kamala would be would be good. But the book that I think is is should be to gather this really to get your handle on it, and is is a book by David Fiedler. And he's the fellow that uh, did the Alexandria Journal, if you remember. And this book is called Jesus Christ, Son of God. And that's Jesus Christ, S-U-N, of God. Ancient Cosmology and Early Christian Symbolism. And what David Fiedler is saying here in this, you know, what he's putting forth in this book is that, that pagan hermetic Pythagorean um, cosmology, uh, basically the Alexandrian cosmology, was very, very influential on the Gnostics at the first century. And of course, Christianity was originally was originally a Gnostic proposition. And in fact, we've made through the statement several times that Christianity was the Gnostic was the Gnostic sect that won out. You know, the, 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 and, uh, um, and the the, uh, the Gnostics uh, used a lot of this Pythagorean and and Orphic and uh, and uh, Neoplatonic and her well what what we call Hermetic philosophy. They used a lot of it 
in their in their cosmology. And the Valentinians were they were the the, prim, the that was the the primary uh, the, the, the 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 most uh, influential of the Gnostic sects was Valentinian, and uh, Valentinius uh, himself was considered the greatest Gnostic teacher. Um, other Gnostic teachers, of course, were Simon Magus, and uh, there was quite a bit of similarity between Jesus and Simon Magus in the way they the way they did things. Um, so, Jesus Christ, Son of God, is the book I really recommend, and what I'm going to do here, just so you can get more of a grasp on this, I'm going to read David Peeler's uh, summation of, of uh, an account of Valentinius's Gnostic cosmology. Gnostic teaching is characterized by a dualistic tendency which contrasts the world of light to the darkness and oblivion of matter. Dualism conditions our experience of phenomenal existence. Lying at the root of one of the eternal questions facing the human spirit, how can evil enter the world if God is truly good? Gnostic teachers attempted to answer this through the use of elaborate creation myths which describe the origins of the cosmos, dazzling in their complexity and their genius and powerfully dramatic elements. Many of these accounts tell of how the universe came into being through the work of an ignorant creator, a demiurge, who mistakenly thought himself to be the only true God, not realizing that there existed higher levels of reality above him. <laughs> That's what's behind my statement that the Jehovah is the worst thing that ever happened to God. According to the, and that's very Gnostic, by the way, according to the creation account of Valentinius, uh, circa 100-160 of the Common Era, one of the most important Gnostic teachers, the ineffable father exists before the beginning and can only be described as depth or profundity, pythos. He is surrounded by a female power calling called silence. Um, together, depth and silence give birth to the other aeons or archangelic beings through a process of emanation in which the aeons emerge in male and female pairs known as energies. Now, if this is beginning to sound like Kabbalah, well, you know, this is where Kabbalah came from. Um, let's see, synergies. Each one of these aeons is a divine principle unto itself but is also an eternal aspect of the ineffable Father, who is beyond all names. Together, these aeonic pairs comprise the fullness, the pleroma of the Godhead, and the archetypal realm of spiritual perfection. In this influential teaching, depth and silence gives birth to, to mind and truth, who gives birth to word and life who gives birth to man and church. And these first aeons make up the Ogodot. 
Word and life go on to make ten new AIs, the decade being ten. These are composition and only begotten happiness. Meanwhile, man and church gives birth to twelve AIs, the the dodec the, the dodecad, comforter, faith, fraternal hope, eternal love, ever thinking, understanding. Ecclesiastical happiness, long for wisdom, thus completing the pleroma of the thirty aeons. All of the aeons had a desire to know the ineffable Father, but only mind, because, and that's hermetic, only mind, because of his resemblance to him, was capable of realizing uh, this. The desire to know the Father was strongest in the in the thirtieth aeon. Sophia, or wisdom, and this passion for knowledge overwhelmed her, and she was thrown into total confusion, upsetting the balance of the pleroma. Her anguish, which resembled a fog, was exiled outside the pleroma, and mind produced a power called cross to act as the boundary of the pleroma, protecting the aeons from Sophia's abortion. Now, Because of the alarming effect that the passion of Sophia had on the aeons which make up the pleroma, mind, acting with depth, brought forth two new aeons, Christ and Holy Spirit, in order to pacify the fears of the other eternities. Christ reestablished concord among the aeons by teaching them about the Father, revealing that they possessed a share in the eternal because of the incomprehensible and unbegotten nature of the Father and whom, uh, to whom they owe their existence. And under the influence of Christ and the Holy Spirit, the aeons coexisted in a state of great peace and sang a joyful song of exaltation to the Father. And then out of gratitude to the Father, all the aeons brought forth a new aeon, each contributing... Uh, the best that he or she had to offer. This new aeon, the very star and perfect form of the Pleroma, was Jesus. In other words, he's the birth of the entire, he's, he's the birth of the universe combined. And later, in the Valentinian account, Christ and Jesus venture outside the Pleroma, projecting themselves through the cross to come to the aid of Sophia's abortion. Akamorph, the lower wisdom which was the result of her unsuccessful attempt to know the Father. And from the passions of Akamoth came forth the Demiurge, uh, the fabricator of the physical universe, the father and king of all that is material. The Demiurge created the earth and the seven heavens and thought that he was alone responsible, ignorant of the fact that he was uh, being secretly guided by Akamoth. Moreover, he created things in an ignorant fashion. The Demiurge and Valentinians identified. Now, that this is, uh, um, i got to stop at this point, because this Demiurge uh, uh, concept, I need to explain a little bit about it outside of what David Fuehler is talking about here. Uh, this Demiurge concept, uh, 
derives in many ways from from the um, the the sort of perverted nature of of our friend Yahweh, who seems to be, you know, the, the god of vengeance and, and jealousy, and and and, uh, and he's incredibly carnivorous. When mankind in the Garden of Eden were originally vegetarians, and and uh, his, and the Cain and Abel story is twisted around backwards, and and so the Gnostics, the Gnostics actually thought. And and taught that that Jehovah was was a demiurge. In other words, the yeah okay well we'll agree he's creator, but uh, creator of the physical world, and and the creator of human beings. But but uh, but what a mess he made of it. And of course, Mel Brooks had the joke, you know, when he said when he's uh, he's being God, and he says, well I made mistakes, yeah I made the avocado, you know, and uh, I made the pit too big, you know, <laughs> but. Um, the um, uh, the whole demiurge idea is um, uh, I think the Valentinians eventually to avoid uh, to avoid uh, uh, being uh, you know to avoid the stigma of being declared heretics, which they eventually were. Uh, they 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 finally they finally abandoned the demiurge concept and and they accepted Jehovah as uh, as as the uh, as the creator as the, as the father, but uh, for you know for political purposes. And uh, however, when they got started, they were they were they were they had the Gnostic idea that that uh, you know that, that that Jehovah was this demiurge creator, this this angry. Ignorant, angry God. Um, <clears throat> frankly, I think that um, the demiurge concept has has been has has been um, superseded. I mean, I, I think we've gotten beyond that now. But but it was it was very valid for quite a while, and a lot of people. Uh, today, whether they, even though they're not Gnostics, they still kind of believe in it. Um, it's uh, to get back to what uh, um, David Thieler is saying here. It says, moreover, he created things in an ignorant fashion. The demiurge, the Valentinians, identified with with God, with God of the Old Testament, because of his ignorance, his chief characteristics. The demiurge was unaware that a spiritual element. Had been secretly deposited in him by Akamoth, and and through him introduced into the world, and being incapable of recognizing any spiritual essences, the demiurge imagined himself to be God alone, and declared uh, through his prophets, "I am God, and beside me there is none else." Uh, now, uh, as as those of you who know something about Gnosticism, you know that the that essentially uh, the Christian Trinity is a Gnostic proposition, and this this makes uh, and and the more the Christians uh, the more the Christians uh, extol the Trinity, the more they the more they 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 declare themselves to be Gnostics because. Uh, the Trinity is once once you understand Gnosticism, you understand the Trinity becomes very simple to understand. It's not a mystery at all. Uh, 
as this Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. All right, the Father, the Father is in this proposition is the God beyond uh, beyond the the, the Ogadad, beyond the, the, the Pleroma. He's the hidden God. He's he's the original God, and and the Son is His messenger. That's the Christ or the Paraclete is His messenger. And the Holy Ghost is that little spark of, of 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 the original God, that little spark that managed to that managed to get into us, even this you know managed to get into the humans uh, uh, through this convoluted philosophy that that they had, uh, and is related to to the Father, and of course the Christ comes to to give us the message. He's the messenger, and he says. You you need to return to the Father uh, and to escape the demiurge, to escape reincarnation on this on this prison planet that you're on, created by this demiurge who's imprisoned you. And if this sounds a lot like the Matrix, well, that's where they got the idea. And uh, and what you need to do is you need to learn the formula to ascend these aeons. This is this is the whole business about these thirty acre system is is this is an ascension system, and the whole business with 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 Gnosticism, and and with uh, with tantric yoga and and especially Hermetic yoga, the whole business is ascending these levels, going up, and and going back up climbing back up the tree of life if you want to use that analogy or up the 30 acres if you want to use that analogy it's ascension back up to the Godhead and that's what this is all about and that's what the aether system in the Nokian is all about and 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 that's what the gospel of Mary in the Nagamati library is all about and uh, and so this is what's important about um, about the aether system is it's a the the uh, the aether system is a form of yoga. It is it is it is very similar to to uh, hermetic yoga and and uh, the climbing up the tree of life. Where as you know you know as you know the tree of life the lightning flash the lightning flash traces uh, the 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 spirit coming down for the spheres. And then the serpent, Nehushtan, the third, the serpent, touches all the paths and all the spheres going up, going back up. And that's what, that's literally what magic and what uh, Kabbalah is all about, is the spirit comes down through all the spheres, down to, down to the physical and manifests, and then it tries to get back up because the messenger has come and told us, and told us, hey, you know, let's let's, let's go on back up, uh, go on back up where we came from, and that's what we that's what we do, uh, and and we spiritualize ourselves by doing that before we actually uh, do shuffle off the mortal coil. So um, um, the the ascension is, in a way, a sort of a form of mystic death. Uh, now, uh, the way the aeon, the way this aeon system is set up. As I said, it's it's it. If you look at it, diagram, it's like a it's like an onion. It's like if you slice right through the middle of an onion, you've got right in the center. There's there's a, there's a little there's a little center, and then you have these rings around, and each until you get all the way to the outside, uh, outside of the onion. That's that 
and is the is the uh, is the the first ape, and that that's that's the uh, you know the the, uh, the final aether, thirtieth. Um, now, um, D and Kelly. D has I'm you know I hope I hope we've gotten this across. I think that that quote from uh, Joe Peterson's version of the G's Five Books of Mystery, I think that pretty much uh, backs up uh, what Alan Hulse is saying that that uh, that D D was aware. D was aware of this um, of this structure. And he had he had read Herenius and Hippolytus and and he had put it together. Uh, now he didn't what what he didn't do with the Watchtower tablets. Um, he didn't. I, I don't think he he quite figured out um, how they how they were uh, what they were supposed to be. And uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But but uh, but he did uh, he did he did realize that this uh, that this aether system had thirty it had these thirty layers, and he must have explained that to Kelly. Now Kelly uh, Kelly was not the scholar that D was not not my long shot. Kelly D knew ancient Greek. He knew Hebrew. He was very fluent in Latin, and and uh, but Kelly had no Latin. Well, he had a little bit of Latin. He had a little bit of Latin, but he had enough to read some alchemy books. He had a little bit of Latin. He had no Greek. And he had no Hebrew. So when they when they start out to to uh, to recover this this system, uh, D I I think it's pretty obvious that D must have outlined outlined to Kelly what the system the structure of the system that he probably did do he probably said this is this is he probably he probably outlined the system very much the system of Valentinius and and Kelly then when he when they did their scrying they 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 did it based upon on this. This 30 aeon system of the of the Valentinians, uh, but they didn't use they didn't use Valentinian angels. They didn't use uh, uh, they didn't use uh, you know, a lot of Valentinian terminology. They just didn't use. They, but he must have understood the structure of the system, and and uh, and then Kelly began to, to receive this language, and he and he received it backwards. That's one of the things that makes it so amazing that he received it backwards. Now we've discussed uh, uh, before uh, the mechanism in Kelly's head that allowed him to bring in this language. Now, Noam Chomsky, the great uh, the great uh, linguist, uh, established that human beings have a grammar-making machine. They, they, we were, were, were born with a grammar maker in uh, in our brains, uh, or our minds, if you will, and and which means that children, if children are left by themselves without any uh, uh, contact, they will make up a language. 
and and it will have and and it will actually have a grammar. It, 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 it will have a grammar. The, the human beings will make up a language if they don't have one. If they don't learn one, they'll make one up. And and uh, uh, so the grammar, the, so grammar is is something that we uh, that we have intrinsically, which means that when D. Uh, you know, when uh, when D would would uh, would conjure, Kelly would uh, would 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 come up with a language, but it was not it was not Greek, it was not Hebrew, it was not uh, it was it was a language that came out of Kelly's head, and it was it, it was a different it, it was, and it wasn't glossolalia, it wasn't speaking in tongues, it was it was a language that actually had a grammar and a syntax. And so we were having a, a whole translation process going on in in Kelly's in Kelly's head. So consequently, this language is very uh, the Stenokian language that Kelly came up with is uh, well. You know, the first word that comes to my mind in describing it is it's very deep. It really is deep, and as a result. Yet to this day, this language does evoke visions, and and some people, uh, some people get headaches doing Enochian. They, they, it, 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 it gets in your head, and it does, and it it, uh, it it does. It rings bells way way back in your in your mind, and uh, and you know, and even 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 over the. Over the uh, the airways here, I think you can you can uh, realize the the power of it, you know, the, 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 the summoning chant. Sakar samran odu kikle kaas or gelapsirdo nukomad oadia ida. Yeah, it does, and and after after uh, an hour of these reciting these various Enochian calls and and uh, and chants. It's uh, and and then you know uh, working with the Kameas on the Kamea sigils on the tablets, it has an effect. And once we penetrate these aethers, we project into that orb, and we penetrate these aethers. Yeah, uh, uh, this is a visionary system. And uh, we just did the second. Uh, we keep starting starting the aethers at the bottom with teats, and 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 we we go up from teats to re and the bagye and all, all the way up. And but uh, quite frankly, we've never gotten to lile up at the top yet because every time we start, uh, you know, people keep dropping out of the out, and, and then we have to start when they start the next class. We have to start over at the bottom again. Uh, but. Uh, Still, even so, uh, this when you you experience this, this is a very, very, very powerful and a very visionary system. Um, now, it's also, however, because Kelly was uh, Kelly was a bit uh, unscrupulous, and and uh, and. Uh, it has, he was unscrupulous and and perhaps a bit uh, a bit lecherous. Uh, it has uh, it has a dark side to it, and so you have to be careful. This is one of the reasons why we we number one put the put the four archangels back into it. And I got to tell you that when I first started to do that, Regardy didn't like it, 
He said, Don't you leave those four archangels out there. You use Enochian, we use Enochian angels. Well, he was in his Thelonic phase at that time. And I said, No, 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 no. Come on, it's the four elements, the four quarters that they have we have to use Raphael, Gabriel, Mikhail, and or we're just gonna do it. That that that's we have to. And and curiously enough, D and Kelly they actually use Raphael and 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 uh, Mikhail and Oria and Gabriel and Oria uh, in in their working, but but somehow or other it didn't get into the Golden Dawn version of of uh, of Enochian. Uh, they left uh, it, it was left out. Of course, it's in the pentagram ritual which you start off any any uh, uh, operation with, you, but you do. But but then it needs to be those four archangels need to be connected with the watchtowers themselves. They need to be. They need to be because those watchtowers are the four quarters of the universe. Let me explain something about that. Uh, there is a there is a, a big I think a big structural flaw in the watchtower system which we have been spent a lot of time uh, correcting not in the system itself but in, in another system which uh, which is what the, the what the system probably was originally you see originally um, originally Marcus the uh, Valentinian, uh, uh, who was so responsible in 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 in, uh, in creating the Greek Kabbalah, Marcus uh, had a vision of the, the Soma Sophia, the goddess of the stars, the guy, uh, and the goddess of the zodiac. Um, he had this vision of the goddess in the sky, all the way around, including all of the signs of the zodiac and the entire zodiac. And uh, in his vision, he applied he applied a letter of the Greek alphabet to each of the um, each of the decans going around going around the uh, the zodiac, and and each of the uh, each of the uh, the signs of the zodiac. So what you have is you have twelve signs of the zodiac. So you have a, a Greek letter. For each primary Greek letter, for uh, for each sign, all the way around from one to twelve. But then that's that's then they can be applied to the northern hemisphere, to everything above, uh, you know, going from 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 the zodiac, all the way up to the north pole of the ecliptic. But then when you get to the end of the zodiac, in the last you know, the, the 12th Greek letter, then you can go Mostafaran, as the octopus, and go back the other way underneath, all the way back to, to one, and and then you've got the rest of the 24 letters of the alphabet. And this gives you, if you extrapolate it, all the way down to the south pole of the ecliptic. So what you have literally done when you do this is you have literally created a grid for the entire celestial sphere, and uh, but it's based on a 24-letter alphabet. Has to be. Now, it is no longer a big uh, secret, except to some people. Uh, unfortunately, some of my learned colleagues still haven't realized this yet, but. 
the Hebrew Kabbalah comes from the Greek Kabbalah. The Greek Kabbalah came first. And uh, the scholars are well aware of this. And even Gershom Shalom was aware of this. Uh, but And the problem with the Hebrew Kabbalah is it should have 24 letters. It doesn't. It only has 22. And uh, and so consequently, you know, they, they sure they added a few finals and all that, but that doesn't that that, that doesn't do it cabalistically. It needed it, it needed those extra extra two letters to fill out the signs of the zodiac, so you can have letter for each sign of the zodiac, a letter for a letter for each of the elements, and and uh, and that way you have. 24, you have 24 letters, and you have and so you, you you've completed. Not only do you have one for each of the signs of the zodiac, you have one letter for each of each of the planets, and you have a letter for each of, for the four for the four um, uh, the four primary uh, and, and elements are earth, fire, and water, and it gives you a complete magical system and a complete map. And uh, spherical map of the of of the universe. Now this is where the watchtower tablets. I'm convinced myself. Now, now Holtz uh, Holtz believes that the the you know the 38th system is the origin of, of Dean Kelly's Aether uh, uh, system, and and I agree with him on that. I am convinced that that. Marcus's uh, Soma Sophia was the origin of the Watchtower tablets. That that's what Dee and Kelly were trying to create was 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 really what Marcus had had outlined um, back uh, in, in the second century. And but what where they made their 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 great mistake. Their great mistake was made in. Breaking the tablets up, and and having having all of the fire signs in one quadrant, and all of the air signs in another quadrant, and all of the water signs in another one, and all of the earth signs in another one. So when you do an Enochian operation, which we do, and, and you stand in the middle, you have these tablets hanging all around you. I know some there are some people who don't know what. Uh, uh, they hang their tablets on their on their altars, and that's not uh, just because just because Crowley may have done it. That doesn't mean it's right. Uh, no, you should the, the tablets should be either on the wall in a small room, on the four walls, or they should be on stands or hanging uh, uh, from the ceiling. And you should be and, and they should be hanging around you at the quarters. Uh, with the tablet of union hanging over the over the top, that way you're in the center of the universe. Well, now, wouldn't it be nice if these tablets uh, were all the way around the universe as it is, rather than having all the signs ganged up on one side, all the fire signs on ganged up on one side, and all the water signs ganged up on the other? And it it it. Uh, it's not a very parsimonious system, and it and, and it's very and and it it becomes uh, very cumbersome to work, but it does work, and it works uh, essentially the same way that the tree of life works. It's a schematic, and the schematic does 
does act on the brain, and even though it is fractured or fractalized in, in this sense, it still it still does work. And uh, and uh, you know, as I say, that once 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 the Enochian gets going, and once you start doing it both visually and, and and audibly, it does have its effect. And when you get on into those aethers, uh, you will have your visionary experience. Um, Give you an example of the kind of visionary experiences you have now. Like for instance, in in uh, uh, in Teots, uh the first aether at the bottom. Uh, in the south, you're supposed to you're supposed to uh, uh, encounter uh, a, 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 something that will teach you um, nonverbal communication. You're, you're supposed to learn uh, learn nonverbal communication. Well, I went down there and, and to the south and and, uh, and confronted this great big huge lion. And it was a great big black lion about the size of the sphinx. And I walked up uh, into the between the paws of the lion, looked up at the lion's head, and the lion looked down at me, this big big black shiny shiny black lion with these these blazing yellow eyes. And I looked up at this, this lion and I said, All right, teach me nonverbal communication. And bingo, all of a sudden, I was inside the lion's head looking down at this little person that was me standing down between the lion's paws looking up. And, I, and, I, and I'm looking down at him, and, and uh, then, he, then I'm thinking at myself. You know, I, the lion, I'm thinking at myself, the person observing the lion. All right, this is nonverbal communication. And then I was back in myself looking up at the lion, and, and, and I looked up at the lion, and I said, thank you. And, uh, and so that was, that was the lesson that I learned on nonverbal communication. If that, that's the sort of thing, that, that's one, that's just, just one example. But the, that, that's the sort of thing that you, that you experience in these aethers. And, and, uh, and uh, uh, it's really, it's, it's, it's a wonderful experience. And... Um, the uh, the Valentinian aspect of it uh, gives it a great deal more, um, I think, a great deal more historical connection. And uh, even though, as I said, Dee and Kelly didn't have the Book of Enoch, if they had, if they had had a copy of Ethiopian Enoch. Uh, the system would have been much different because then they, they they would have been they would have obviously been been uh, invoking Semyaza and, and and you know and Baraquil and the rest of these the the the, uh, the 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 angels that we know are, are you know ancient Enochian angels, but they didn't have it, so they ended up with uh, with a, a bunch of cipher, a bunch of Enochian uh, cipher angels, uh, or cipher. If you don't want to call them angels, you can call them you can call them cipher formulas. Cipher formulas that that activate that activate uh visionary experiences. And one thing I want to really caution you about don't use Enochian magic to uh for prosperity or for or for um uh, advantage or for personal gain or anything like that. Don't. And, and it's, it's, it's the only thing you want to use Enochian magic for is, is self-knowledge, wisdom, 
and and things like like I described, you know, the the the, the experience of finding out uh, the nature of nonverbal communication. That's what you use Enochian for. You know, you use it to acquire wisdom and to acquire knowledge uh, of spirituality and 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 rising, you know, rising on the planes, being aware that it is an elemental system, elemental from top to bottom. And you know how 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 you have to ask yourself how elemental is God? All right, well God is <laughs> that you know that's really when you get right down to it. You know, you're you got you, you, that's not really a criticism of an Okian, but uh, I remember Rigardi one. Rigardi, one of the reasons why I say don't try to use an Okian magic for personal gain and or for or for anything like that. And the main reason why I say that is is I knew Rigardi rather well and I knew he was trying to do that and he finally gave up. He finally said he, he, he told me he said, Oh, they're nothing but a bunch of capricious elementals. He realized that himself. <laughs> so don't use an Okian, as I said, don't use it to try to get anything get it over on anybody or get it over on yourself or anything else. Use it for personal Gain for personal wisdom, and 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 first, and uh, looks like we're just about to uh, you know to, uh, to run out. I, I expected that Peter Solomon would call in tonight, but he never did. And uh, anyway, um, this should give you a, a pretty good idea of the uh, Valentinian connection with Enochian, and it certainly is there. And uh, so next week. Uh, next week we'll uh, be back on uh, on target with hopefully with a, with another uh, with an interesting guest and uh, and uh, more on on hermetic magic. By the way, uh, uh, this this Sunday I'm uh, attending a, uh, a a function uh, sponsored by the uh, the fraternity of Hidden Light. Uh, and uh, uh, and I think I'm going to be uh, giving a short presentation, uh, and I'll report on that next week. And uh, so until uh, until next week, uh, good magic and good Enochian.